Hello and welcome to Connected episode 266. It is made possible this week by our sponsors, Smile, Pingdom, and FreshBooks. My name is Stephen Hackett and I'm joined by my friend, Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I am great. I'm excited. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. I like hanging out with you all. It's mm-hmm. a good Wednesday so far. Looks like it. I am joined by my other friend, Mr. Mike Hurley. Why did you say that in that way? What do you mean? Like you paused. You were like my other thre- friend. Yeah. Like I don't understand. The other one. Hmm. Federico will be the other friend next week. That's how this works. We alternate. Mm. We'll say about that. Mike, a funny thing happened to you and I last week. <laughs> so I, I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna bring listeners in to this situation Mike and I found ourselves in. So the other day, uh, I'm scrolling up through iMessage trying to find it. So this was on the 17th, so four or five days ago. I sent you uh, a link to a rare vintage Apple Parker roller pen on eBay. So sometimes mm-hmm. I just cruise the antique Apple, you know, vintage computer section on eBay. I don't believe that it's that's true. I bet you have uh, a lot. No, I don't. Honestly, I don't. Really? I just sometimes if I'm, huh. you know, can't sleep or I'm stuck somewhere, I'm like, what's going on on eBay? Mm-hmm. And I found this pen, and I know that you're a pen guy, and I sent it to you. And I said, uh, I think that this is something that, uh, you know, would pique your Sorry, interest. And is you it a, replied... Is it a pen or is it a pin, Stephen? Hmm. It's an ink <laughs> pen. Okay. I can't say those two words where they sound differently. Uh, I just can't do it. So, anyways, there'll be a link to this in the show notes. You can look at it. Nice thing. Uh, I recognize the brand Parker. Like, I know they are a pen company that does things. So, I sent it to Mike, and Mike's exact quote was, I must have it. And then I thought, you know, we've had a busy year. Mike needs a present. And so I bid on this pen, ultimately losing to someone else. Mike, who won this pen auction? I did. (laughs) (laughs) I won it. I said I must have it. So I bid on it. Right? I felt like that was clear (laughs) what I was saying. That was not clear at all. I must have it. Therefore, if I must have it, I can't rely on the universe dropping it into my lap. Sure. Uh, so I put a bid down, the original bid, and then I put my maximum in. Mm-hmm. And it uh, turns out that I ended up only therefore Stephen made me pay more yeah. because he was bidding against me. Yeah. Sorry about that. But he did it out of love, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's, you know, it's worse things that happen to me. There's also another cool pen. That, see, this is how you get on eBay, mm-hmm. right? There's a black one here, too, which looks kind of cool. Mm. But uh, one of the reason that I did buy this the black one uh, does look cool. is because my expectation, because it is a, a Parker pen, that I will be able to get a different refill for this and will actually be able to use it. Yeah, it would have been a good gift. Thanks for sending it to me. <laughs> it would have been a, it would have, you know what? It would have been a great gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's a great gift that I have bought myself <laughs> for more than you would have. How do you find these products, Stephen? Just randomly browsing eBay for vintage Apple as a search query? No, there is a a vintage Apple. I guess, section on eBay. There's like a category. Okay. But then there's also vintage manuals and merchandise. And there's always weird Apple stuff in there too. So like right. right now I just searched and the first thing is new old stock vintage Apple Care original rainbow logo lapel pin spelled P-I-N. Sure, sure. That sounds nice. I'll put that in the chat room. 
So yeah. I'm not going to bid on that. So feel free to bid on it. You're not going to get into a bidding war with me. Or is that what he wants you to believe? Oh, that looks awesome. That pin is amazing. Mm-hmm. Why did they care so much about AppleCare that they made such a cool looking pin? It's expensive. Yeah, you should you should put that on and walk around the Apple store saying I'm the Apple Care guy. You just be like, I'm the only one that cares. You see, I've yeah. got the pin. I'm pretty sure that you, you could at least convince two people to believe you if you do that. Yeah. Well, you y'all remember the amazing prizes I brought to WBC this year. This is the category from eBay in which they came. Like that disc right. box and everything mm. that all came from. If you would have eBay. gotten me this AppleCare pin or the pen, I would have been much more excited than this stupid old wooden box you gave me. Yeah, <laughs> that's in your office now. <laughs> yep. My Incredible Hulk sits on top of it. <laughs> See? And the trophy that I won in the family you, feud. You, like the real trophy that I won in competition. You won the tiny coffin, right? At WWDC? <laughs> no. Toilet. Yeah. No, this year. Oh, you mean when you said a tiny coffin, you mean the wooden box. Yeah. yeah. That I got. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was like a, a tiny disket coffin box. Floppy disks. <laughs> that's, uh, that's our eBay follow-up for the week. I don't know. Why you bought the thing? You I, I saw this. It's very you. Elago, who I keep thinking is Elgato, Me but too. it's a different company. It is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> very different company. Mm-hmm. They created a silicone AirPods case uh, that makes your AirPods case look yeah. like uh, a Macintosh. Tiny little Macintosh. Macintosh. I would say this is not only completely up your alley, it's actually a really cool-looking product. It's not too bad, actually. And Mm -hmm. will immediately be destroyed. I've seen a lot of these types of uh, uh, silicone cases um, for for AirPods. Really, they don't seem... I can't really imagine they provide that much utility other than just making your AirPods look cooler. Well, cooler from a very particular point of view, but yes. I think from most point of views, like, I mean, even if you don't know what it is, it looks like a weird little cool thing, right? Like, it's, it's like a fun little thing. So I just noticed that you bought one. I did. Uh, what is your review of the El Gato <laughs> uh, um, thing? El Lago? No, there's no T in it. Sure. I did the same thing. The company name is very confusing. It's, you know, it's it's beautiful if you're into this sort of thing. It, as an AirPod case, it's totally fine. It still wirelessly charges. This company makes a bunch of cool things. Yes, they make an Apple Watch charger thing that I reviewed on YouTube a few years ago. But they also make one that looks like a Game Boy, and they makes one make one that looks like the iMac G3 and Wait, an iPod. what looks like a Game Boy? Hold on. It's all on their Amazon page. Is it El Gato? Is it El Gato? No. El Lago. El Lago. El Lago. <laughs> Okay, so it's spelled together. Like we can do this. Okay, Elago. All right. Uh huh. Where is it? Oh, there's one that they lo- make a bunch of AirPods cases. Oh, I found the Game Boy one. Oh my god, Game Boy one's cool, right? They have something called ear hooks that turn your AirPods into Powerbeats Pro with like the thing over your ear. Hmm. All sorts of stuff. I like the little uh, the iMac G3 one. Yeah, it's it's cute. It's, it's cute little blue Mm -hmm. so anyways it's fine it makes what is a slippery little uh hockey puck charging case a bulky and sort of awkward to get in out of your pocket but it looks cool are you keeping them in there no oh you just have some fun you know go to the gym you know whip those things out stand back everybody i'm here with my macintosh airpods Mm -hmm. does google docs support multiple windows on ipad os 
So there was an update for Google Docs and Google Sheets just before this episode. Yeah, mm. I, I also checked, but no. That no. does not support no. it. No. I'm getting concerned about this follow-up item. Do we have to do it forever? I think it might be forever, yeah. No. Maybe we'd stop asking it and I just drop in this clip for like weeks over and over maybe like maybe they could just be like a coded mm. like message you know if you play the podcast like backwards the, you find out if it's supported ooh, or nice. not mm. mm-hmm. well still not supported i would love it to be supported it has not been supported my time is running out because i said the end of 2019 <laughs> <laughs> yeah not my greatest pick in hindsight probably mm-hmm. i wanted to talk a little bit about the macbook air and I'm putting this as like a tiny topic slash follow-up because if y'all will remember, well, y'all probably don't because you probably like got up and got a snack when I was talking about the MacBook Air. But listeners I never leave. who paid attention will remember that I bought my wife a MacBook Air to replace her original 12-inch MacBook, which I actually got off the shelf the other day. And, oh boy, that computer is tiny and slow. But when I bought her Air, I did 60 gigs of RAM in it, and I wanted to do a bigger SSD she has a lot of photos, a lot of documents, and she just needs storage. And at the time, for the 2018 MacBook Air, you could do a 512-gigabyte SSD, or you could do a 1.5-terabyte SSD. And this was before Apple dropped their prices, and it basically – I forget exactly what it was. I think it was like almost $1,000 or $1,000 like upgrade to the terabyte and a half, and I just wasn't going to do that on a computer that cost $1,500. Like, it's, I couldn't do it. So I got to the 512, and of course she's out of space. And so I just did the the dance of getting an external SSD and putting her photos library on that. She uses this basically as a desktop 98% of the time, hooked up to a 4K ultra-fine display. So I have a little SSD, one of those little Samsung T5s hanging off the back of it, moved her photos library to it. But of course now, if I were to replace this machine, which I'm not going to do for this, but if, if I were... There's a terabyte upgrade option, and it's like 400 bucks. Just like the thing that really bugged me about this computer, they fixed, but too late to help me. It's, it's uh, 600 from the base, but 400 it's two, $200 for $256, $400 for $512, and $600 for a terabyte. Okay. From the base line. I would be willing to do that, but uh, I couldn't because mm-hmm. it wasn't an option then. Sorry about that. Mike, tell us about yep. your new computer. Oh, yeah, the iMac Pro is here, and long-time listeners may remember that I bought this uh, computer through fear of Catalina and was getting increasingly concerned. I had lots of people that claimed that they would know the answer to this as to whether my computer would arrive with Mojave or Catalina on it, telling me there was no way that it would arrive with Mojave on it because Catalina was shipping. Well, the answer is that this machine, in fact... Came out of the box running Mojave. And I'm very happy uh, because now I have the machine that I wanted. Mojave is weird um, <laughs> in a bunch of places. Uh, it, it, it has lots of, I don't know if people remember this, uh, it has lots of security messages, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which I wasn't expecting. Um, so I've got that going on. There's like a lo- lots of things want permissions to do things because I've never run Mojave. Uh, well, I have it on my Mac Mini, I think, but I never really do much with that Mac Mini. I don't use it like my machine, right? Like, it's just set up and it's doing stuff for me. Um, but I unboxed, it, I unboxed it on my Instagram. I'll put a link to my Instagram story. The main problem that I had when uh, transferring over was Migration Assistant, 
Migration Assistant sucked, uh, <laughs> to, to say the least. I bought cables and dongles at Stephen's uh, advice, like, uh, what is it, Thunderbolt 2 to 3, mm-hmm. and then a Thunderbolt 2 cable or whatever. Um, and I set it up on two instances and left it for multiple hours um, and it just froze. Like it just stopped working. The time stopped changing. Nothing was going on. Uh, and then after getting frustrated, I then uh, did it from my uh, time machine backup from uh, a one terabyte hard drive, like spinning disk hard drive that I had as my time machine. It took a very long time, but it worked and it worked consistently, which is something that the iMac to iMac transfer was not doing, right? Like it was getting to a point and it stopped. And it would be like two hours remaining for like five hours. I was like, well, something bad has happened here. So I did that um, and I ended up getting it all set up. Uh, I would like to tell you a story of how I significantly upset Dropbox. Sure. Okay. So I installed everything, got the computer set up, got Dropbox, synced everything. That was that. It was all taken care of. But then I noticed that my home folder was named weirdly, Mm. right? So let's imagine my home folder was called Mike. It was called Mike123. That's your developer's name. Exactly. <laughs> nice. That was good. That was a nice nice reference. Uh, but no, it's because of the, th- the third migration assistant attempt, right? So the machine was keeping one, mm. two, three in there. And I was like, I don't want to look at this forever. So I Googled what you needed to do, and I found an Apple support document, which told you what you had to do to change it. And like, there were a bunch of steps you had to go through to make sure it was all done properly without... like destroying things like yeah, you that to- used to be a real deal breaker yeah. on and on older versions of mac os 10 changing your user short name would basically destroy your computer and so i had to like create a second account a second administrator account and log into that one mm-hmm. and do it which was interesting but they did it but this absolutely destroyed dropbox like it would not open anymore oh my like God. dropbox was very very upset uh, and it gave me an error that when I pressed OK, opened ByWord and just gave me this like massive text document that I was supposed to send to a support individual. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, like the, it was like this huge error log. It was crazy. So I Googled the situation and found some support documentation and some forum posts. And it was all about copying and pasting things into the terminal, which I tried, but nothing happened. So I MacGyvered the situation. I don't know if people will be proud of my problem solving here, but it worked. What I did was I created a folder in my users folder, which replicated the name that Dropbox was looking for. Sure. Right. So I created like Mike one, two, three. And then, so then Dropbox would open. So then once I could actually get Dropbox to open, because I couldn't get it to open, I could then remap the location of where the Dropbox folder was supposed to be. Oh. Right? Which was in the new, like, what quote-unquote new user folder. And then I just copy and pasted all of the stuff into... Because then, like, Dropbox created, like, a second... sub. It was, like, crazy. It was doing weird stuff inside of my file system. But then when I copy and pasted everything into what was the quote-unquote new Dropbox folder that Dropbox then set up because it thought it found the right file path, uh, and everything was fine, and then I just deleted the Mike123 folder, and then Dropbox was set again. Um, I did email a Dropbox support 
assistant as i was supposed to do and they just sent me basically here's the five terminal commands like the things that are already found on their website and i was like don't worry about that i'll fix it so that was my dropbox situation so this is a word to the wise don't change your the name of your home folder uh if you have dropbox installed because dropbox gets really upset if dropbox gets upset about a lot of things but it, it, it's not a very good app no it's getting worse but i but you know what <laughs> iCloud shared folders, you know. So yep. what you can do? I'm going to stick on Dropbox. I have no interest in moving to iCloud shared folders. Even, even if you could check back in next year, <laughs> even if I could, I, I have no interest in it because, like, this is one of those like features that like it it has. They haven't been able to get it out of the door, right? Which just means that this is a very hard problem, which makes me feel less willing to trust things to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I bought a new time machine drive. I had to. Because I realized I had a one terabyte hard drive and I have two terabytes of storage in my new machine. <laughs> so I was like, eventually I'm going to have to replace it. So I bought a two terabyte SSD, one of those Samsung ones. Yeah. Those things are so small. Very small. It's unbelievable. Yep. That mm-hmm. I just Velcroed it to the back of the iMac. Oh, poor iMac. <laughs> I have, I also have a, this like, I have a, like a USB uh, hub. Tiny USB hub, also Velcro to the back of the iMac too. <laughs> These machines are meant for work, right? Like, this is just how it's going to be, I'm afraid. Yeah. I don't want things dangling down. Yeah, I mean, I've got a couple external SSDs, but they're stashed away neatly behind things. But that's fine. It's better than tape. It's I, neat. I can get behind Velcro. David Sparks taped stuff to the back of his, and I can't I, abide that. So I, I did it too. I taped two to the back of my desk. Oh, what is oh? But like Stephen, the the thing is, the Velcro is still tape. So no, but it's 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 cleaner, right? I mean, Sparks like. Do you remember that picture Jason put on Twitter before we all unfollowed him for it, where he taped this SSD to the back of a MacBook Air to run Catalina (laughs) this summer? Like that's what Sparks did permanently. I'm sure y'all did it in a nicer, cleaner fashion. No, no, it's not (laughs) nice. It's not clean. It's just tape, man. It's just a bunch of did it. Like I didn't measure it or like align it or anything. It's just stuck there. I did do a little bit of cable management though. Oh yeah. Yeah, I bought some of those like Velcro cable tie things and Mm. did a little bit of cable management to make sure everything was was tidied up again before I installed the iMac Pro. I could unplug everything from this iMac Pro and buy a new one and put it here and like all the cables is like go right in like it's all nice and tidy and neat you know, the thing is though an uncable managed setup that will still work but it doesn't work like as you... efficiently because the bits ah. go in straight lines ah right you right know. right yeah, hey look everybody knows that you know i was i don't like at this point my apple retail experience is basically irrelevant because it's been a, a really mm-hmm. long time but before i was a genius i was on the visuals team which is like the the team that kind of resets the store for new products and Did not that know sort that. of thing. You know what my expertise was? It's cable management. So, yeah, I, I, I figured you didn't need to ask that question. So we had, you know, the laptops out on the tables. They had to be at a certain distance from everything. And all the cables are supposed to run straight back into the back of the table, for like the chargers or whatever. And, man, it was like I just get in the zone and do that for hours. It was awesome. You would have a great time here. There's a lot of cables that could be managed better. Well, next next time I'm in your office, we'll uh, we'll see how you've done. Would you like my review of the iMac Pro? Yes, please. Yes, an official review. It's faster and quiet. Cool. That's about it, really. I've noticed that. Look, no hate, right? New Macs are not as exciting as new iOS devices. They're just 
it, everything's just like a bit quicker by and large like there's those and this is because of the maturity of the platform there's hey, just like we got the touch bar did you think that was a, oh i see what there you're saying you there's just far fewer new like features sure right like we're going to talk about the iphone camera again in a bit like that is like a huge leap that they made this year like the imac pro does a bunch of things that are way better but they're not like whiz bang features it's just like stuff is quicker and it's quieter. It's like, I'm very pleased to have those things in my machine. But by and large, most of the time, it doesn't feel like I'm using something different. I mean, I'm sure this is partly in, in because it looks basically the same, it's just a different color. I do really like the space gray. It looks good. I'm very happy to have a space gray computer. It looks great. I hate that I have so many aluminium things on my desk. <laughs> None of it matches now, right? Like the audio gear I have is silver aluminium, right? Like, And, and none of it matches now with the computer. But... I am very happy with it because it's doing what I want, right? Like I am noticing, I am noticing multiple things that are um, much quicker. So like all of the audio stuff that I'm doing, so anything that exports, anything that processes, they are noticeably faster. But the biggest thing for me that I have noticed is it's not the fact that it is faster. It's all of these things would make my machine's fans kick on, and I have never heard this machine's fans. Mm-hmm. So it is a. I am happy that I made this upgrade because I am now like. I now have another five years of a computer that's going to feel really great, right? Before I have to even think about doing it again. So I'm happy that I made the upgrade for all the reasons that I made it. I'm happy that I'm on Mojave and I don't have to go to Catalina yet. Um, and I now have a super fast machine, uh, which will last me quite some time. It's a great computer. I mean, it's I've mm-hmm. been so happy with mine. And the only time I hear the fans is I'm working with 4K video footage. Like, that is it is silent the rest of the time. It's it's sort of surprising how quiet it is, especially if you've come from an older iMac or, or especially like a notebook where the fans mm-hmm. kick up at any given moment. Oh, I also love uh, having USB-C ports on the back of my computer. Oh, yeah. You didn't have that before. Didn't have those. I like all of the I.O. There's a lot of I.O. on this, and that's really great. I want to get that thing. You have a little thing on your computer right where you can plug stuff into the front yes what is that what is i that? want that what is that imac so you, steven has this little front. i don't know it's like a little thing that hangs off the back of like hangs below the the monitor it, and it looks like it's part of the, the machine. satechi type c clamp hub pro type c clamp mm-hmm. hub pro what a terrible name it is so here's the thing about this they have you we'll put a link in the show notes they want you to have it at the very end of the computer, but then the so this goes into the grill on the bottom of the computer and sort of like with pressure and stays in there. But at the end, it blocks the speakers, and so it sounds really lopsided. So mine is inset from the center a little bit, and like yes, that is part of the cooling, but it's only about two and a half inches wide, and I haven't had any problems with it. But it gives you at least the one I have is USB C, three USB A. SD and micro SD card slots in the front of the computer. It's matched, takes up a USB-C port on the back. I've really been happy with it. Because I hate the inevitable aluminum crunching Mm -hmm. that happens as you're trying to find a port without being able to get around to the back of the computer. So I'm going to get one of these things. It also comes in space gray. So it's got pro in the name, so you know you can trust it. In their product images, they have it how you have it, where it's inset a bit now. I think they've changed that. When I got it, I think even like the booklet was like, put it all the way at the end. It's like, not not doing that. 
cool. I'm going to get one of those. Well, that's that's my review of my iMac Pro. I might have more to say. I've only been using it actually like for work, work stuff for like two days. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see how it handles like a really big edit. That you know, I haven't done like a very serious editing yeah. project on this yet, so I might. Have I mean, more you want to do to this say. episode as a test? Nah, I really like the uh, Magic Keyboard and the Number Pad. No, no, no. Nope. I'm never going to use it because I use the Sculpt ergonomic. Nope. Like that is a, that, that that keyboard is is great for me. Strong. Disagree. I just really like having a number pad. Nope. So let me tell you why I like a number what pad. What are you, an accountant? You need a number. Well, pad? I I used to work in finance. Remember, mm. so like I was very used to having a number okay, pad. Okay, fine. Number pads are like the only thing that I can like touch type. I can't touch type on a regular keyboard, but I'm very confident with number pads. Number pads are mm. the devil's keyboard. You're making a very strong statement there. They are bad. They destroy my muscle memory. Okay. They are only acceptable for, and and this is my new clause, people who used to work in finance or accountants. Otherwise, <laughs> um, this is just for you, Mike. Otherwise, I'm, I'm why, would you, need a number? why would you need a number pet? It takes up more space. So unless you have a very specific reason, or unless you used to work at a financial institution before, um, I so strongly wish that Apple would make a Space Gray Magic Keyboard without the, n- the number pad. Like, please. Just soar it off. N- <laughs> See? That's there not must- how things with batteries work. The- oh, okay. I'm pretty sure there's someone on YouTube uh, that must have tried this. You know that guy that, that like does crazy things with iPhone parts in China? Maybe that guy has done it. You know, the guy that puts, like, a USB-C port in the iPhone or, like, a, you know, what's it called? Um, an amazing YouTube channel where this person... Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Wait, really? Okay, so there's this YouTube channel. Uh, this guy, I think he's an engineer, um, and for various reasons, he's often in China for... Or maybe he lives in China now, I'm not sure. And he has this YouTube channel where he tries to modify... Uh, devices especially iphones oh yeah he like built an iphone from scratch right that guy he wants yes he wants built an iphone from scratch just out of spare parts that he acquired in china he did this video that i'm pretty sure we also linked on mac stories a couple of years here, ago. here it is it's called strange parts strange parts channel. thank you um he added back the headphone jack to the iphone 8 or something um after apple removed oh i know it. this guy yeah yeah so yeah. maybe maybe try to saw off the the number pad from the magic keyboard. Uh, if there's if there's a person, I have some breaking news, guys. Bre- breaking news. This is in from John Voorhees. John Voorhees reports that Federico has a number pad on his keyboard. See? Logitech yes. MX keys. I hate it. Yeah, and I hate it. It's like I. So you are unacceptable to yourself. Yes, I hate myself for like hmm. for using this keyboard. <laughs> because you use a keyboard called the logitech mx keys okay so this keyboard is amazing like the 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 shape of except the shape of the key except for two things uh the twisted mind of the people at logitech who thought that it would be a good idea to only offer one version with a number pad and the fact that it has to like it uh, it needs to have both Windows and macOS labels on it. Like, just do a Windows version and a macOS version. I don't want to have like, what does it mean? What does it even mean to have? Well, what's the name of that key? Like, 
Oh, start. Oh, what, is, what is a start? I don't. I don't care. I don't care about Windows. I have my my keyboard only has those because I use a Microsoft PC keyboard with my computer. It's very yeah, upsetting. See, I love this keyboard and it works super well. I love the shape of the keys. I love the fact that it's got like some type of motion sensitivity so that it turns on the backlit when he knows that your that your hands are about to reach the keyboard. Uh, it supports multi-device oh, multi-device pairing. It's super good, and I love typing on it. And uh, now my setup basically consists of uh, the, thanks to your recommendation, Mike, the Clear Look iPad stand, the MX Keys mm-hmm. keyboard, and the new MX3 mouse. So I'm all in with the Logitech setup, but they should feel bad like they should you know when these people the people that made the decisions they go back home at dinner they should think about the fact that they're forcing somebody like me to use a number pad and they should feel bad about it and the fact that there's no mac os only specific version otherwise it's a pretty amazing product but they should feel bad about those two things well at least we know where your line in the sand is (laughs) the number pad and the windows (laughs) symbols yes yeah, but no, but you no, because it's after those, because you will still use a product even uh, if it has those two things yeah, that you have. Because at the end of the day, I really care about the quality of my fingers and the quality and like <laughs> the fact that my yeah. hands are comfortable. Uh, so that's important to me. But um, like I look at it, I'm like, you could you could have been perfect, but you're not. And uh, I I don't even know what's this thing about forcing people to use a number pad. W- once again, we're not. Like the majority of people, thankfully, are not accountants. We don't need numbers in our face at all times. And yet we have these keywords. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But yes, I, I don't. I, I use it. So, you know, busted and okay. all that. Busted. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's take a break. And then, Federico, you're going to tell us about some sort of... Oh, friends yeah. and family situation that you that you have. Mm-hmm. This episode of Connected is brought to you by PDF Pen from our friends over at Smile. PDF Pen 11 is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs. You can view and edit documents on your Mac, iPad, or iPhone because PDF Pen supports file syncing with a bunch of cloud services. PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone supports iOS 13. You can even use it to scan documents with your iPad or iPhone directly into PDF Pen on your Mac, which is super cool. PDF Pen Pro 11 can automatically turn your documents into fillable forms, plus you can export to Excel, PowerPoint, and more. Learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro over at smilesoftware.com podcast. If you do any work with PDFs, and I bet you probably do, you need PDF Pen. So head on over to smilesoftware.com slash podcast to go check it out. Our thanks to PDF Pen for their support of the show and Relay FM. So what you should know is that while I have no extended family, Sylvia does, and her family members have taken on the habit of often calling me and, and requesting my services in terms of assistance with computers and whatnot. Um, so here's what happened. Her cousin, she's 20. Um, so this is for context, like she's a, a young person 
who's somewhat used to technology. She uses an iPhone. She's relatively proficient in, in, in using the iPhone and, and apps and all that. She's a young person. She, know, she knows, in theory, how to use computers. But she's not a nerd. She doesn't read tech blogs. She has no idea what Mac Stories is. And, you know, exactly the average user, you may say. Um, she called Sylvia, and then I talked to her because Sylvia, of course, had no idea what her problem was. Um, and basically, the problem was posed as such. My MacBook updated overnight. iTunes is gone. How do I back up my iPhone now? And I thought, oh, okay, okay, that's easy enough. The Mac uh, was set to have automatic updates, and it updated to Catalina, and she skipped all of the notifications like, here's what's new in macOS Catalina and all that stuff. She has no idea that iTunes has been removed, and uh, this is going to be an easy one. I'm just going to tell her to open the Finder, connect the iPhone, and she's going to find the iPhone in the Finder sidebar, right? Well, real quick, real quick, mm-hmm. if we can take a sidebar on this one. what Did you recommend not using the Mac to back up? Like iCloud or whatever. Okay, or so you you're just not bothered with yes, that. Yes, great question. Gr- really great question. I have no idea why so many of my friends and my family members are so strongly opposed to paying one euro per month for iCloud storage. None of them <laughs> have an iCloud subscription. They're all on the 5 gigabyte free iCloud plan. They spend money on new iPhones, right? Thousands of euros. And yet when it comes to paying every month one euro, which would be like $1.20 for iCloud, they're like, oh no, I'm not giving my credit card to Apple. Like that is a, uh, such an interesting psychological phenomenon. I I have no idea. I, I think a lot of people are like that. I I think a lot of people are like that though. Like I've been I've been talking to friends. Like, why do you spend so much money on a new phone, but when it comes to having a recurring subscription for iCloud, you don't want to. Most people devalue the idea of paying for software, but they understand what they're paying for a physical product like an iPhone, they don't see the reasoning in, they don't see the, the, the purpose of paying for iCloud storage. Anyway, they don't, pay, they don't pay for iCloud, so that is why I needed to uh, figure out the local backup solution using a, using a computer. And I told her multiple times, like, look, <laughs> this is going to be so much easier if you just decide to pay 99 cents every month for 50 gigabytes of iCloud storage. But you don't want to, so it's fine. We're going to figure out another way. Uh, so I thought it was going to be an easy one, right? Uh, Apple should also be providing that level of storage to everybody for free. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is that is the secondary point yes. of this. Like, yes, I totally agree. I totally it's agree. It's not that difficult. I totally agree. Uh, so I thought it was going to be easy, but here's what happened. Before calling me, because she couldn't find iTunes on her computer running Catalina, she obviously Googled download iTunes. And yep. she downloaded iTunes from the Apple website. Um, and she called... So here's what happened. She called me and I told her, okay, uh, iTunes is gone. It's been removed this year. Um, you need to open the Finder and the device management screen will be in the Finder. And she was like, yes, that's the other problem that I wanted to talk to you about. Because whenever I click on the Finder, I was like, oh, God. Uh, Because whenever I click on the Finder icon, it shows me a full screen view 
saying install iTunes. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, and, and at that point, my brain went, what? And then she continued, she continued the story saying, and, and I tried to install iTunes. I was like, oh my God, what have you done? No. <laughs> and she was sending me screens, screenshots of this on WhatsApp in the meantime. It's like, and when I tried to install iTunes, it gave me a, an error at the end saying that it was only supported up until macOS version 10.2. 12 or something i was like yes uh so you try to install itunes on a on the latest version of the mac os software that's no longer possible you can no longer install itunes so she was like okay then how do i find all my music and and back up my iphone i was like okay so your music is going to be in the music app and and your photos are in photos and the management and backup stuff will be in the finder but it appears that you can you cannot open a new Finder window. So what was happening was she downloaded iTunes, she opened the DMG file containing the iTunes installer, and macOS has this behavior where that I've always found found incredibly absurd. That if you DMGs, they can offer like these full screen views with custom backgrounds, right? And so the uh, double clicking on the DMG file. Um, open this full screen view, which is technically the finder. It's the disk viewer built into the finder for disk images, but it takes over the finder and it hides the sidebar. And she couldn't navigate out of that view. And she and the main problem was she couldn't open a new finder window. And I told her like... I still cannot believe that the disk image system for installing software yeah. continues to exist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was stuck. It is a bonkers system <laughs> she, to, pre to present to a user. Yes. She was stuck with a full screen finder view. Well, not full screen in the, in the sense that it was filling the entire screen, but a finder window with no sidebar, just showing the custom yeah. background of the DMG and the icon for the iTunes installer. And I told her like, either mm -hmm. right click on the finder icon or do command n and she was unable to perform either operation uh which says a lot about you know we we take these features for granted like right clicking and keyboard shortcuts but maybe most people don't know how to do them and it's not their fault really uh i totally get it so what she ended up doing to sort of get unstuck from the finder showing the dmg background was she rebooted her computer uh, and I guess that at the point the DMG was automatically unmounted uh, from the Finder, and and then she figured out how to uh, con connect the iPhone via cable and open the Finder sidebar and perform the backup from the Finder. So that was the first story, the the weird combination of the removal of iTunes and somebody who didn't know what was going on. She thought that she needed to reinstall iTunes from the web and she tried to do so, but the DMG took over the finder and she needed to call me on the phone to fix it. Story mm. number two, uh, my friend, um, uh, almost my same age, he lives in Spain, but you know we keep in touch, he used to live in Rome, you don't need to know that. Uh, anyway, um, years ago, when years ago, I appreciate the color. No, like, yes, yeah, sure, it helps me frame the story. Years ago, years ago, when he used to be my neighbor here in Rome, I recommended installing. Um, it was like his computer was running very. Uh, it was it was very sluggish, and you know. Uh, the usual stuff that happens to an old MacBook. And so I was like, maybe you should install something like Clean My Mac and keep your cache in check, uh, you know, perform some basic cleanup tasks. 
uh, that kind of stuff. So he calls me. I was like, uh, my Mac was updated to the latest version of Mac OS. And uh, why is Clean My Mac not working anymore? And at first I thought it was like a permission issue with all the changes to security in Carolina. But it turns out that it was an older, really old version of Clean My Mac that was somehow the 32-bit version. He never bothered to upgrade. Mm. He never bothered to check out what the dialogues uh, last year said about this app is going to be unsupported in a future version of macOS. Uh, and of course, just one day, he upgraded to the latest version of macOS and that app became useless. And so he called me because he didn't know what to do and eventually I convinced him to upgrade to the latest version of Clean My Mac X which runs as a 64-bit binary on macOS. So that was not as traumatic as an experience on, on the phone, but it, was st- it still brought me to this conclusion that the more I think about it, the more I, I keep thinking that Apple handled this Catalina transition very well for people like us and very poorly for regular people. Um, most people don't read tech blogs they don't read Mac stories or listen to Connected. They don't read documentation. They don't follow WWDC. They had no idea that there was going to be the, a removal of iTunes or that 32-bit apps were not going to be capable of running on macOS anymore because they don't even know what 32-bit means. And I'm, pretty, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm convinced that, you know, having this tiny alert or notifications on screen, they're not enough. That people ignore these notifications. People don't read. People don't read what's on screen. Well, because these things are always getting in the way of something you're trying yes. to do. Yes. Right? It's the same reason the new security dialogues are silly, right? The exact yes. same reason. People don't care. So for... A critical transition, such as removing iTunes, which, like it or not, so many people still still rely on iTunes for syncing music locally, because, again, they don't want to pay a subscription for Spotify or Apple Music, or cutting off their older apps from, you know, from the OS. Apple should have been more in your face or more clear, more aggressive. I don't know how, but do something right? A single notification or a single alert that gets in the way and bothers you when you're trying to do something is not enough. Like, where's the Instagram campaign? Uh, like a funny video that tells you iTunes has gone away, but now you have all these new apps on your Mac. Like, you need to reach the, the regular people in the way the regular people must be reached. Not notifications, not tech blogs, not going to the K-Base on Apple.com. That's not enough. You got to explain to normal people what's going to happen to their computer in normal terms. And I am 100% convinced that I will keep getting these phone calls from other friends and family members. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, this will not stop for the next year, I'm sure. And um, so, yeah, that was my point. I think, Carolina, we understand other people do not and will not, and I will keep having to fill in the role of Apple Store genius on Apple's behalf because my friends and family don't know what to do. There is a, there is a screen, if you run the Catalina installer yourself, that says, 
uh, the following recently used apps will require an update to work after installing this update. And so that's fine if you run the installer. I don't know what Apple means by recently used apps. Like, I don't know how they define that because I had other apps on the system I ran this on that I knew were 32-bit that I hadn't opened in a long time. But I, what I don't know is if you run this, if your Mac automatically updates to it, I guess you don't see the screen. Uh, and I think that's a mistake. What is the point in just showing me recently used? Like, why why not just show me every, everything? Because I know, like, on this system that I ran this for the screenshot, there were multiple 32-bit apps that this didn't catch. And I think... I just don't see how that benefits people. Like, why not just show them all of the apps? Like, it seems so strange to me. Be like, oh, you ran this in the last three weeks. Because so. then it looks bad that, oh, this Mac update is going to break all this stuff, even if you haven't used a right, lot of those things for years. Isn't it worse if you then do it? I agree. I'm not you arguing know? with you. But, like... Yeah, I know. It's, it's, really, it's really a pain. Software, man. How does it work? It doesn't. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, so, Federico, while, while we are we have you here, I mean, you're going to be well, here the I'm whole episode. Just, just gotta I'm go. But before you go, guest, I want to talk. We're done with you I want to talk a little bit about your iPhone 11 Pro review. I would also point people to App Stories this week, where you talk a lot of behind the scenes of how this came together. But you have put a, a super ambitious project together that I think everyone should go check out because it's it's really awesome. Where you took the iPhone 11 around Rome and just tested the camera in all sorts of situations. And I mm-hmm. wonder if you could give us a, a short version of your findings. Sure. Um, first of all, my I guess my main goal was to offer readers something unique that they hadn't seen before and that they couldn't find on any other tech blog. I thought long and hard about this. Like every year... I'm lucky enough to to get these review units. And I always struggle with my angle. Like, most people identify me as the guy who writes about iPad and, and writes about shortcuts. But what, and, and, and so my question was, what do I do about the iPhone? What's my angle? What's, how can I be, and I always try to do this, right? If you, if you know the way that I like to work, I always try to be different or to sort of have a specific angle that sort of sets my stories apart from the rest. And I know that I got my review, my review unit as the second wave of press units. And I know that I, I knew that I couldn't offer a standard review. Most people wouldn't care. At that point, the people that, the Mac Stories readers that wanted to have an iPhone 11 Pro, they would have bought an iPhone 11 Pro already. So there was no point in. Yeah, but, and also, it is probably unlikely that you would be able to come up with something incredibly like unique. Right. 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 Every review has been written in every possible way. You can say it in your way, but you're not going to stumble upon something that nobody else had found. Right. I I kept thinking about this and I realized so what is it exactly that that makes me different? And sure it may be my iPad coverage, sure it could be my shortcuts coverage. But I don't want to do an iPhone 11 Pro review from the perspective of a shortcuts user. Like, what what does that even mean? You don't need to you don't need to fit in shortcuts in everything you do, right? So um, that was out as a as a potential idea, and I realized what makes me unique in this regard. So we're talking about an iPhone, and the main feature of an iPhone is the camera. 
And with the camera, you take pictures of stuff. And what is it that could make my pictures different? And then a sort of sort of a light went on in my brain. I was like, it's where you live that makes you different. You don't have any quote unquote competitors that live in Rome and have an English website. Maybe there's some Italian websites, but you know, Italians read those. Um for an international audience, you're the only person that lives in Rome and could do that kind of story. And so I realized I could do an iPhone 11 Pro photography tour around Rome. And maybe if it's successful, this could become an annual thing. Like every year, there's, uh, you know, Matthew Panzarino does a review of the iPhone, the new iPhone at Disneyland. And there's Austin Mann that goes on a wild trip around the world. I could be the guy that takes pictures with a new iPhone in Rome or around beautiful places in Italy, because Italy, it's the most beautiful country in the world. That's my opinion. And I'm lucky enough to live here. So why not take advantage of it? So that was my approach. What I really like about that is you always say, in my opinion, after making the statement, and it's just like a very particular way of doing it. It is the most beautiful country in the world. In my Yeah, because... No, like, in my opinion, Italy is... Yeah, because I, I remember every time that I need to qualify my statement. Otherwise, there's going to be somebody who's like, no, France is the greatest, is the most beautiful country in the world. And so it's like, look, I remember to say in my, opi- in my opinion. So I say after. Uh, but, you know, the, anyway. So that was my angle. I figured out my angle was I am going to be testing the iPhone 11 Pro's cameras at night and during the day around Rome. Of course, I live in Rome, and I I can navigate the center of Rome, at least some parts of it, but I have friends who know the city, and especially the center of the city, much, much, much better than I do. And especially they know, they know how to drive around the center of Rome while avoiding the no cars areas of Rome. I don't have that type of knowledge yet. I've only been living in Rome for the past six years. Um, some friends of mine have been living in Rome for 30 years. Uh, so I requested the, assi- the assistance of two close friends of ours. They acted as our tour guides at night. So we planned out this entire uh, trip, starting from the Colosseum and navigating through the center of Rome. We would drive around Rome, stop the car uh, near one of the points of interest uh, that we wanted to photograph, and then we go go back in the car and move on to the next location. Um, So that was the night tour. It took about four hours. Uh, And then the daytime tour, I only did it with Sylvia and the dogs because we wanted to just take a day for ourselves, uh, walk around Rome, and it was much easier because it's the... The area of Rome, the Spanish steps and the 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 terrace that I show in the photos, that I know how to navigate myself. It's also easier during the day because it's, you know, there's a lot of people that you can ask information. So that was sort of the the main the main plan to the main approach. Did you you didn't, I know you didn't. You didn't edit anything. No. no. Uh, what was the thinking behind this? And did you consider any additional edited versions of photos? I did consider them. My, my thought was, this is the first time that I'm doing this kind of story. I don't want to overdo it. 
I, if it's successful, I will add sort of a, if it's a, like a 1.0 one, one uh, product. Uh, if, it, if it goes well, I will add more features to the story next year. And obviously video or uh, edited versions using Apple's built-in editing tools are on the list of things that I may consider. But I didn't want to do it all at once. Uh, just like there were going to be so many more locations around Rome that I could have taken pictures of. Uh, but I wanted to start small and iterate and do it again next year and add more sections, add more types of comparisons uh, if it goes well. And it went, and it, I can say it went really well. Uh, way much, much, much better than I was actually expecting. So I'm super happy with the response. Yeah. It's, it's, I can tell you, it's been expensive as a story with the CDN uh, because... Yeah, I was going to say you <laughs> uploaded full res images. Full res, maximum quality with, both, with all the metadata intact. It was 400 megabytes worth of pictures. Oh. So if you multiply... So is that, was that, is it necessary? I mean, I don't know. I don't understand how compression works. Nobody does. But is it necessary, in your opinion, to have done full quality? Probably not. I mean, in, if instead of maximum quality, I did best quality, uh, would, it, would it have been the same? Probably. Uh, the, the, you know, the viewing experience on a phone or on, a, on an iPad probably would have, would have, uh, wouldn't have changed. But I wanted to have a story where you could find 50 pictures and they were exactly as they came out of the camera. Nobody could have told me, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you exported them and they are compressed or like, yeah, but you edited them. No, this is exactly what the camera took, okay. viewed as a JPEG mm -hmm. version because, of course, web browsers cannot display HIF images. So uh, it was probably not necessary for the user, but it was a way to future-proof the story. Like, this is what came out of camera, not my fault. And obviously there are, I mean, there are like three main reasons to do it, do it this year. You've got like the general image processing, night mode, and the multiple lenses, right? Like, it's what makes a story like this interesting. Like, I, so like, I wonder, this isn't the question, but like, I wonder in future years if you even would want to do the story because if who knows there might not be massive camera updates like it's just going to be an interesting thing to see over time right like but anyway m kind of my point i wanted to ask you was do you feel like you have a better understanding now of when you might want to use one lens over another yeah i think i do um especially with the decision of do i want to use the ultra wide for me, right now, the ultra-wide is out. If I'm trying to take a low-light or night shot, because it, it really... It's really bad in low-light. Yeah, it really struggles yeah. with that. Um, but also, I feel like I have a better understanding of the distortion uh, that the ultra-wide lens mm. causes at the edges of the, of the image. And that's just a natural concept. So yep. I've been doing some reading on what happens for specific types of lenses. And that is just a natural consequence of this type of lens. Um, so, and I think I also have a better understanding of how to, how to frame like, um, like, a, like, like a specific building that I want to take a picture of, of or a monument or something like that to get that dramatic effect in the picture. I found that like with the ultra wide, you can take the photo and still crop it in a little bit, get a lot of what you were looking for mm -hmm. out of the image and also lose some of the distortion around the edges by cropping it in a little yeah. bit. 
Yeah. Um, and you still end up with a much, much wider picture than the regular wide angle can do. Yeah, that's true. So that, that yeah. Yeah, I, I thought this was really nice. I liked the story a lot. It was a it was a beautiful story. I mean, I like pictures and videos, so I was happy for that. Did you, you didn't do any video, right? No. That was not a... I considered it, yeah. but then again, okay. uh, you know, I, just, I wanted to start small and do more mm-hmm. in the future. I didn't want to do it all at yeah. once with the risk of, you know, maybe people are not going to care about this and I'm just going to do a bunch of work mm-hmm. for nothing. But no, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was really surprising to me, like the amount of of attention that the story got, even though it came out um, basically a month after the new iPhones uh, were announced or came out. So that was really remarkable for me, and I, and I was really happy about that. Um, makes me want to do more in it's the nice future. Nice to look at pictures of Rome. Yeah, right. Like it's just yeah. nice to look. So that at was my point. So like, what better way to write a story about the new iPhone than letting the story itself? do the work for you and in a way i didn't yes i put together the story but in a way rome as the city did because without the subject this story would have been super boring just pictures of buildings taken from my balcony and my dogs i mean sure (laughs) pictures of dogs are fine but you know when you look at the Colosseum and all and and the obelisks and all the other stuff and the fountains uh that you know um, again, I'm lucky to live here and to have all this material around me. And there's so much more that I want to do for next year. Like my friends and I were already talking about the next version of the story. Uh, we're going to go underground. So uh, that should be fun. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. The sewers of Rome. Uh-huh. That's what we're looking for. You've, you've got to turn this into like some sort of European tour, right? Like eventually... Photos Eventually. of Rome will be boring, and you got to go somewhere else. So my thought right now is that I can do Rome for another year, but then I got to switch locations. Um, so we'll see. We have some ideas in mind already. Uh, first, it's going to be an, an, an Italy tour, and the, there's so much more here that we can use for photographic material. But then maybe eventually Europe. Uh, but then as soon as I expand to Europe... Uh, there's going to be more competition because there's other, you know, there's people from the UK, of course, and people from France and Germany. Sup. And they have English blogs. Exactly. So uh, as long as, you know, I'm I'm the only relatively popular English blog based in Italy, I should be relatively okay uh, in terms of competition. So uh, hopefully I can continue doing this. It's been super fun to do and, and very different and... Uh, a nice, a nice way to get work done after the iOS review. I needed something like this, something very different and very fun and unique that also involved my friends. So that was a, that was a, that was really fun. All right, we're going to tackle a bunch of new slash rumored hardware. First, I want to tell you about our second sponsor, that is Pingdom. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? If customers couldn't click buy now or access your content, you could stumble across that problem by luck. Maybe you hear about it on Twitter, but that's not good because you need a system. You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site and more importantly, when it's not. You need Pingdom. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down and whatever way is best for you. So I get push notifications and emails if we have an issue at Relay. And they're smart. They get the information needed to solve the issue sent to whoever needs it, whether that's one person or a whole team. 
They are dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking on its availability as often as every minute. All Pingdom needs is your URL, and they take care of the rest. So don't be uh, at risk knowing that you're the last person to find out that your website is broken. Start monitoring your website today. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a free 14-day trial. There's no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. There are a bunch of rumors about new AirPods, AirPods Pro, perhaps. I think that that would be the name. So th- these sort of fall into a couple categories. Mm. According to China Economic Daily, uh, there are supply chain reports of these AirPods Pro apparently coming this month at a price of around $260, what these rumors say. That's always like the sketchiest part of these. People just don't know what Apple's going to charge for things. Uh, But they would be in-ear with noise canceling, potentially a metal design, which I have a lot of questions about. You may think, well, that's just one report. Well, Apple, you know, from time to time, they... They leak their own products and their software. Uh, you remember the HomePod data leak a couple years ago? We leaked the iPhone 10. Uh, what's happened again? iOS is uh, 13.2 beta includes an icon that appears to be redesigned AirPods with rubber tips, which would probably be needed for this noise cancellation feature. So you get a better uh, fit mm. around your uh, in your ear. There's also some leaked parts, it looks like, and, and a weird charging case. And there's all sorts of weird things going on. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think about this. Is it something that you would uh, like to have? I have a lot of questions about the metal design in particular. Like, would that be heavy? Would it be cold in your ears in the mornings? That's no good. Historically, I've never liked uh, the in-ear rubber tips. Same. I've always found them uncomfortable. Like, after a few minutes my ears start to hurt. And I've tried like different sizes of the rubber tips. I've tried the foam ones. Um, they they always end up with me with some kind of strange headache. And I very much prefer the normal AirPods design. They don't, they don't, like they don't hurt my ears. That's a weird thing to say, but it always happens when I when I try when I've tried in ear buds with the rubber tips, and I and I get that they help with isolation, and I'm I will be interested in in checking them out, you know, depending if what Apple does, but I'm relatively concerned right now because again, traditionally those rubber tips they've always been uncomfortable for me to wear for prolonged periods of time. Questions about metal? Yeah, that too. It seems like it would be cold in the ears a lot of the time. Like metal design is peculiar. Uh, it should it be heavier, right? Uh, yeah, th- maybe. I don't. I don't think I really buy this part of it unless maybe it's maybe they're using metal someplace where they use plastic. But I, d- I don't see them doing the enclosure. I don't know if aluminum would be lighter than plastic at this size. I'm not a uh, some sort of you know <laughs> materials engineer. But I'm not a scale. But I just, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, that part rings false to me. But we'll play mm. this back in two weeks and learn that we're wrong. I yeah, because by the end of October is the rumor, right? Yeah. And Mac rumors pointed out that um, this leak from the 13.2 beta was 
very similar to an old photo posted on uh, a photo leak from months ago, uh, showing this uh, sort of like the shell, the plastic shell of the new AirPods and the redesigned case, which is sort of uh, shorter and wider than the current one. And these um, AirPods with a with a different sort of like a different shape and a, and a shorter stem compared to the current ones, um, they sure do look like AirPods that you could pull a rubber tip in. Um, I'm not again. I don't know. I'm not sure. I then again, do I really want noise cancellation with AirPods? Uh, I've always felt somewhat uncomfortable wearing AirPods on planes, for example, uh, out of fear of dropping one and losing it forever. So when I'm on a plane, mm-hmm. I use my Sony headphones, uh, over-ear headphones, with noise cancellation. Sure, it would be nice to have AirPods that can do it all. That can be standard AirPods for workouts and phone calls and listening to music when I'm taking a walk, and also noise cancellation earbuds when I'm on a plane or just want to block out outside noise. That would be nice. But then again, I will still feel uncomfortable about dropping the AirPods when I'm on a plane. And the rubber tips have always been physically uncomfortable for my ears. So I have many questions and many doubts and many concerns about this. And I also want to talk about the rumored release schedule with you guys. Do you think this is a product that can just go out as a press release? I think at this point... It has to. <laughs> if it, yes. Mm, mm. I mean, uh, Gruber wrote a thing this week, like looking at the dates in the past, like Apple's out of time for October. And of course, November 1st is the Apple TV launch. And uh, some people think that that would preclude any other Apple event that they're focused on that instead, which makes sense. So for me, uh, the the longer we get into this, into this month, I think an event is less and less likely and I think they could do this, put it in the hands of some reviewers and like put it in the hands of like hip influencer people because AirPods have become this cultural thing all of a sudden. And if you if they gave them to the right people, I think that it would be it would be totally fine. I mean, more people watch an MKBHD video than would watch right. the keynote. Sure. Yeah. Right. Well, so maybe, but uh, I think too you got to remember that this would be uh, an upscale version of the AirPods for people who want more. At least that, that's the way I read this. This is a, a skew. It's in I mean, what are those Sonys? Those little Sonys, the inner ones. I don't know. Their names are inscrutable. Right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they've got like that crazy naming thing, but like WF one thousand XM three. It's probably it's like that market, right? Mm-hmm. Those are like 250 or something, and they come in like a weird long case. I expect that like that case it would be bigger because they would need more battery in the case, right? Because you'd probably need to charge these more frequently if you was using the... Uh, noise cancelling? Noise cancellation. Yeah, I don't know. That's another question I have. But I guess the, the question I come back to about like the release and how they how they position these... Like for the holidays, would the AirPods as we know them today, the standard AirPods, be more popular than these? Or would these, does Apple want to push these and make these the sort of default AirPods? And if you want the cheaper ones without noise canceling, they're available too. Which I hope they are because I, for one, do not like noise canceling 
if if this if these were the only AirPods and you could not turn it off, I would not buy them. Like I, I do not want noise canceling headphones. And so uh, I think there's room for both of these to exist at once. And so, you know, you got AirPods for the holidays. And if you want something nicer, these are available, in which case, yeah, put them in the hands of some cool people on Instagram and YouTube and just let it go. Beats Solo Pro. These are new on-ear Beats headphones with active noise cancellation. Mm. They also have the pass-through feature, so you can selectively like choose to hear what's going on, right? You can press a button and it uses microphones to pass the sound through to your head. Released just to impress people. No press event. <laughs> yep. They have a H1 chip in them. So they have the chip that the most recent AirPods have in them. Uh, 22 hours of audio when you're using noise cancelling, 40 hours of audio without. Uh, they turn on and off when you close them, like when you fold and unfold them, which is clever. It costs $300 and in a bunch of colors. Um, uh, there's, uh, I'll put a link to an Unbox Therapy video. Uh, where Lou of Unbox Therapy he opens them up, you can take a look at them. Uh, it's, you can see, you can see what they look like if you want, and he tries them out and stuff like that. These look cool, mm. but mm. is that what is that price like? What is that price compared to those Sony's that everybody loves? Yeah, it's is it similar? I think it's it, I think it's the same price. I think those are two ninety nine. So mm. or maybe three forty nine. But they're close. They're, basically, it's very, it's it very close. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe my head is the problem here. The solos always also give me a headache too. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they're too tight. Uh, they are too tight, and the top of my head hurts after like 30, 40 minutes wearing the. I have the Beats Solo Three, Solo Two. Um, they're 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 cool. I like the beat sound myself. Um, you know, for s- certain types of music. Uh, but yeah, they give me a headache, so I cannot wear them for two hours. And uh, but I I also wanted to point out how the control center integration uh, for active noise cancellation it's not exclusive to the new Solo Pro. Uh, if you have the Beats Studio Three. Uh, those from last year, you will also get this new UI in Control Center for 13.1, I believe, and up, um, that you will be able to toggle uh, the active noise cancellation as a, with a, there's a new icon mm. uh, if you select That's the cool. playback device. Actually, I think if you press on the volume slider, you will get this new icon in the middle of the screen at the bottom that lets you toggle the noise cancellation on and off from Control Center. So no need to fiddle with the touch controls, which I can never remember. Uh, any headphone that I have that features touch controls, I cannot remember them. So uh, the because they are Beats and they're made by Apple, uh, they have this custom integration with iOS, which is super cool because you can do it all from Control Center. So they are $350, the, the Sony ones. Yeah, okay. Uh, Headpods. Mm. This was a product that we had assumed would exist at some point, uh, and we'll assume naturally that these are basically the uh, the features of what would be a over-ear, like headphone version of AirPods. Uh, these are on-ear. The solos are on-ear. Oh, you know, I don't really know if we know whether Apple would make over-ear or on-ear, right? Like, I don't think that people would really know that. But whatever it is, right? Like, these are close to feature set-wise. And I wanted to ask you both, does a product like this mean that Apple wouldn't 
make mm. headphones that are like AirPods? They could they could still they could still make a four hundred dollar version that's over a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's bigger and better and has more battery. And I would buy it, honestly. Like if they can make a, I mean, there there is a world in which Powerbeats and AirPods both exist. The difference in those products is pretty great, right? The Powerbeats Pro have the little hook over your ear. They have the rubber mm-hmm. tips. What the question for HeadPods is for me is how would HeadPods be different than the Beat Solos and the other Beats products? I mean, maybe you make it where there's no buttons on them, or it's you know some material that they're not used elsewhere. Like that's the question. Is there room enough to make something different than what they already have? Because Powerbeats and AirPods are different products for different people. Mm. So I don't know. Uh, is there enough room in headphone world for Apple to do something different and call it a different? I mean, maybe, maybe there is. I just, I just don't know. I mean, I, I guess even though AirPods Pro could essentially be getting closer to Powerbeats, the Powerbeats still have like, the over-ear hooks right. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. The, the the AirPods Pro definitely bring them closer together, but they have noise canceling and the Power Beats don't. So mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah. We need to have Mary back on because she switched from the Beats X after she killed like seventeen pairs of them to the uh, Power Beats Pro. We need to have her on. I'm gonna talk to her about coming on next week and giving her review of that. Imagine if next week we're here doing connected and we're gonna be talking about the new AirPods. Like imagine if imagine such a imagine thing. if it just come out on a, on Tuesday with press releases and a bunch of videos with YouTubers and that's it we have new AirPods that would be fun. I I, I know nothing life. by the way do do not speculate on this I know absolutely nothing I'm just imagining that type of scenario. Mm-hmm. 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 Be cool. It's definitely possible. Yeah, that and some Mac Pro coverage. It could be a busy week next week. And a 16-inch Retina MacBook Pro. All at once. We're around the edge of so many things. (laughs) (laughs) Or nothing. Who knows? (laughs) And don't forget our tile competitor that everybody apparently wants. never going to happen, man. (laughs) I've been thinking about this product. I kind of don't care about it, I think. It's it's the air power of tracking. It's not that exciting, is it, really? I mean, like, I'm pleased. Like, go for it. You do you, but... I wish that I could be a person that loses things more often to use that kind of product. But also, I do not wish to be that kind of person. Like, do people really track that many objects in their lives? Like, like, if I forget my keys or if I lose my keys, like, I have another problem to to worry about than using the tag. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. And, of course, now that I've said this, I'm going to be losing something, like, tomorrow. You're going to lose everything. <laughs> yeah. No. Just, like, yes. everything. I jinx myself. Your website, oh, everything. Oh, no, no. I don't, you cannot <laughs> track a wow. website. Um, wow. This episode of Connected is also brought to you by FreshBooks. If you were a freelancer and you were just walking down the street and you found a lamp on the sidewalk and you rubbed the lamp... And a freelance genie came out and he said, I can give you 192 hours. You'd probably take the freelance genie up on that. I had no idea where you... I was like, a lamp? What yeah. is he reading? Freelance genie. Very good. I like it. Freelance genie. They should they should take that. That could become their new mascot. Good. Freelance genie. It's good. The freelance genie is not real. But FreshBooks is real and it can help you save that time with their super simple cloud accounting software. By simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online... FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people, including me, 
to deal with their paperwork. FreshBooks has this really cool notification center. It's like your personal assistant. You can always know what's changed in your business since you last logged on and what needs to be dealt with. It's like a running log of what's going on with your FreshBooks account. People logging in, they're looking at things, you're getting paid, so you don't have to chase all that stuff down in a bunch of different places. And the new projects feature helps you share files and send messages uh, with your clients, contractors, and employees, becoming a hub for lots of business conversations. And you can see how quickly things happen with all of those conversations in one place. If you're listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now is the time to try it. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for listeners of the show with no credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash connected and enter the code connected in the how did you hear about us section. We thank FreshBooks for the support of this show and Relay FM. All right, phone wallet. Okay, so you should something you should know about me is that I fundamentally despise having to carry a wallet with me. I do not like the feeling of a wallet in my pocket. In an ideal world, I would just have my watch and my phone with me at all times. Sometimes even just the watch itself, no phone. I do not like the fact that I have to use a wallet because for many reasons in Italy, cash is still very much a thing that so many shops and other places uh, exclusively accept. Fortunately, it appears that we are introducing new regulations around having to offer uh, contactless payments and credit card and cards uh, payments, but that's another discussion. I still have to use cash sometimes. This is why what I'm going to be talking about is not a definitive approach in the sense that I still have to use cash sometimes. And for that, I have to carry a wallet or I can just throw some cash in my pocket, but that's not ideal. So, what I'm going to be talking about is the average setup for most days uh, because I don't need cash most days. Um, so this story begins with Instagram in a very, in a very mic way. I was browsing Instagram. <laughs> I came across, <laughs> you and, like, something. <laughs> and I came across an ad <laughs> and it was an, Truth be told, it was a very accurate ad that perfectly captured me as a person. And I have zero problems with Instagram ads because Instagram ads most of the time know what I'm looking for look, and they yeah. present me with products that I want. Because they're listening to you talk. Well, yeah, I mean, whatever you're doing, Facebook, yeah. keep listening because it's working. <laughs> yeah, whatever you got to do because Twitter's ads are terrible, right? Instagram's ads, very good. So, you know. I mean, sure, keep on listening because this stuff is yeah. great. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But yeah, the ad was, the ad was, that was accurate. And it was a, an ad for a company that I was familiar with, but never, for some reason, never bothered to check out myself. So, Bellroy. Ah, yes. What a beautiful company. They make iPhone 11, 11 Pro, and 11 Pro Max cases in leather, of course, because it's Bellroy. That's what they make. Do you have the one with a little door in it? Uh-huh. I sure do. Oh, I, I've seen this ad. I So, I... <laughs> Saw the ad for the, it's called the phone, I'm sharing the link with you guys right now. I saw the ad for the phone case three card um, 
Bellroy, uh, case for the iPhone 11 Pro I've Max. Been, I've been a little bit fascinated with this product. It's a case with a little door in the back. The, the door uh, <laughs> reveals a compartment where you can fit in up to three cards. And the door, when it's open, it also doubles as a kickstand if you want to put your phone on a table or a desk <laughs> and watch a movie or something. Uh, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. also works and uh, the inside it's made of uh, this the usual soft microfiber lining uh, and it also contains like there's a there's a sim card slot on the inside of the case and there's even a, a slot yep. for the sim ejector tool uh, which is you know kind of handy to have i you know I, I i never thought about this but i never have one on me so, it's, so i'm probably going to put one in there but yeah the main feature is it's a leather case made of quality leather because you know Bellroy they make this quality mm-hmm. stuff and it's available in four colors and uh, it's got a door and you can put in three cards in it so i what what color did you so get so in hindsight i i should have trusted my instincts more uh, so here's what i did I bought the standard version with no door, uh, just the Bellroy leather case in coral. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I don't want to risk it with the, with the wallet case. I'm just going to get the, um, the black one. And I should have gone with the coral one for the uh all the caramel like the brown i don't like i don't like the brown it makes me look like an old person okay so but Mm. i should have gone with the coral because the coral looks beautiful the i have the standard leather one with no door in coral and it's so pretty i'm looking at it right now and i actually prefer it to the apple leather case it's got these uh matte sort of edges that are dark gray. It sort of looks like a Google Pixel. I was watching the Google Pixel 4 review from MKBHD last night, and see, I was like, "Hey, it's got your the same case as you." I was like, "No, that's the, that's the Google Pixel. It's the default color scheme <laughs> of the Google <laughs> Pixel 4. Uh, this is an iPhone case." Um, but yeah, it's got that color scheme, and I should have gone with Coral for the three card as well. Maybe I'll buy. Maybe I'll buy the, you know, another. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so I have two. Um, here's what I'm doing. When I go out, I have my driver's license, which also works as a, as an ID in Italy for, you know, for law enforcement. If they, you know, want to see an ID that also works and it's a tiny pink card. Um, then I have my ATM card and my credit card. So three cards, uh, they go into this iPhone case and it's glorious because I, it's everything I need. How thick. Is it's it? not that thick, honestly. It's it's thinner than an iPhone. Obviously, it's thinner than an iPhone with the smart battery case. It's a bit thicker than the standard leather case. It's not too bad. It's not as thick as having the battery case on. And I used an iPhone XS Max with the battery case for six months, and I survived. And having the wallet case is totally fine. I've been going out with just my iPhone and these three cards for about a week now, and I love it. I don't have to have a wallet on me anymore, and I can just open it, and every time I open it, I get the little bit of joy, and it's like, yes, I have a phone that is also a wallet. I've become one of those people, and I love it. I made fun of those people for years. How does the door stay closed? It stays clo- uh, closed very well. It's magnetic, so it snaps in place, ah. never opens. Uh, it's it's not a mechanical system in that, like, there's no button or switch that you need to press. It just, there's a little... Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, you just flip it open, it's magnetic. Uh, there's a little section that's like indented, and you put your uh, finger in there, and you flip it open, and then when you're done, you close, and you hear the magnetic snap. It's very satisfying, and it stays closed. Uh, of course, the leather, uh, super high quality. Uh, my only complaint is that, yes, I should have gone coral. I should have, uh, I should have trusted my instincts more. But otherwise, uh, now, when I go out, and I don't need cash... I have an ID, an ATM card, um, because some places, do, they do not, it's a debit card, and some places do not accept my credit card, and I also have my credit card. So I have everything I need to be identified and spend money or um, get money at an ATM. And I also have my iPhone, of course, which is configured with Apple Pay, and I also have my Apple Watch, which is also configured with Apple Pay. So... It's pretty good, man. It's a pretty good setup, and I love it. And I've been showing it off to all my friends. They all they are all in love with the idea. And, uh, of course, every time I use it, now I get questions from cashiers in stores and whatnot. Uh, they, are, they are all asking about, uh, oh, is that, is that a, a case that is also a wallet? Or, oh, is that the iPhone 11 Pro? Because, of course, when they're asking you for a card and you open your phone, you know, it's something that people notice. It's not exactly subtle as a gesture, unless you do it before. But I guess I like to do it in front of the cashier, you know, so sort of like a power move. Look at my phone, and my phone is also a wallet. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> what power do you have now? Do you use wireless charging? Uh, no, with this one. Um, yeah. I, I haven't even you tried. stuff in the way. So uh, I keep this wallet, uh, this case, where I keep my keys and wallet just... Um, basically in the in the entrance of my apartment uh, by the front door mm-hmm. so i see it every time i'm about to go out it does work with nfc stickers uh, i have an nfc sticker in my car that i tap when i want to run certain shortcuts for like te- uh, texting sylvia or triggering my home security system or playing music right and it does work uh, the, NF- the it does work the nfc sticker is scanned successfully with this case on uh, so that was cool. But I haven't tried the wireless charging. Okay. It looks great. And they make really high-end, yeah. like, nice stuff. So this should last you longer than you'll keep this iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've had one of their wallets for many, many, many years. Um, their little, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's just this tiny little wallet that you just pull out a little string and the cards pop out. Yeah. Mm. Card sleeve, it looks Very like. Nice. That's what it's called. Yeah, that's probably yeah. it's a really great. I like their products a lot. They make nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I've become one of those people. Uh, I never thought I would. Never thought I would, honestly. Uh, you know, but life is surprising in that way too. <laughs> well, yeah. I know like underscore swears by it. He's lived this life for a while now, and I think really likes just I have my phone and have everything that I need, and yeah. don't have to worry about anything else. I mean, there are. It's it's way more likely that I'm going to be losing my wallet than my phone. I mm-hmm. I I think like like Well, now if you lose your wallet, you will also lose your sure, phone. Sure, but I yeah. have a way to I have a way to retrieve or at least track my phone thanks to find my iPhone remotely. I don't have a way to track my wallet. Well, when the Apple tag yeah, comes out, you yeah. just yeah. Stick sure, one right. in your wallet sure, and you'll be fine. Sure. No, I I I don't want to keep multiple <laughs> things in my pocket. So, this is a great life. Honestly, it's a, it's a great uh, mm. it's a great improvement for me. And um, 
I was about to say something, but I forgot. Um, yeah, anyway, I recommend it. It's, I've Googled other iPhone 11 Pro Max wallet cases, and they all look mm-hmm. terrible. I cannot believe that, you know, there's a bunch of roundups in other tech blogs I've never heard of before. Um, they look like roundups assembled by bots, honestly, not by regular people. Mm. Uh, <laughs> this is, yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm not sure about the pics here uh, made by random companies, but um, this one is elegant. It's high quality. It's not cheap. It's 79 euros. Not sure what the USD pricing is. But you can tell... Thousand. Sure. Uh, 23 inches. Uh, but you can tell that... <laughs> 400 Fahrenheit. But you can tell... <laughs> 12 nautical knots. Uh, whatever. Um, a furlong. It's a, it's a good product. I recommend it. This was my official review. And you're welcome. Well, thank you. I'm glad we did that this week. I'm glad we cleared the air there. That was unexpected, but yeah. Yeah. I think we have run out of time for our Pixel 4 conversation. So we'll shelve that for next time. That, well, no. that works for everybody. Let's not promise that. We, ne- we never spoke about Catalyst. Let's not make That's any promises true. that we won't keep. Uh, like you asking for listener questions. <laughs> and you said, I'm going to take them out of the document. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, no, no. Let's address this, shall we? <laughs> I had the questions mm-hmm. and then was told that I had run out of time on the episode, yeah. so had to not no, do You said, no, no, I want to talk about this right now, about my wallet case. So, I did want to talk about it right now. <laughs> I have no problem with the the, 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 the the fold listener questions. They've been there since last time. I just never removed them. Okay. They're going to stay in the document, okay. and one day I'll get yeah. to okay, them. Okay, perfect. At some point, they'll move below the header called Topic Graveyard, and they never come out. There's a lot of things down there. Yeah. What have we got in there now? We have Apple's AR headset that moved from today. Mm-hmm. More on Mac Catalyst. Mike is off Gboard. Pop sockets. Recent developer changes, and now Google Pixel Four reviews. They're all in there. Just maybe just one day. Make the font color white, so it blends in with the background. You're never gonna see it again. It's still in there. Or, You're gonna get over time. Good. They <laughs> slowly turn from black <laughs> to white. Like we go through feel, steps of gray, and then they're gone. <laughs> and also, we have sign in with Apple. Oh yeah, remember that. But yeah. if you make the font color white, you're never going to you, you stop feeling bad about the fact that you're looking at it and that it's down there. But you also feel good about yeah. the fact that you didn't actually remove them. You just changed the color. You never deleted it. You never it. deleted it. Yep. It's just white. So it just so happens that you don't yep. see it anymore. Well, uh, that's our show. If you want to find links to iPhone cases and Instagram stories and rumors about AirPods, all those links are available in your podcast app, but they're also on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash 266. While you're there, you can send us an email with any feedback or follow-up, or you can find us on Twitter. You can follow Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E. You can find Federico there as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and you can find me on Twitter as I-S-M-H. I thank our sponsors this week, Smile, Pingdom, and FreshBooks. And until next time, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. See you later. Adios.